If you want to grab your Bible and uh, flick to Hebrews 11 as we think of these couple of verses and Genesis 1 uh, this evening. Hebrews is a letter written by an unknown author to an unknown people, but uh, at the same time, a specific author to a specific people. The content of the book is one throughout which encourages the saints to keep going in their faith, keep going because of what Christ has done. Christ is the the final word, if you like. If you do not accept Christ, you do not accept God himself. And the writer tells us that we can have full confidence in Christ because he is this perfect high priest who gives gives his people access to God on the throne. Christ has come. He is fully divine, yet he is God's son and fully human. He would be the perfect sacrifice for believers. And as we look at Hebrews 11, we need to look what comes directly before it. In Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 19, you'll maybe see in your Bibles a little subtitle. Mine says, a call to persevere, a call to, to keep going in our faith. The writer is going to tell him to keep going in light of the previous nine and a half chapters or ten chapters of all that I have written and said, verse 19, therefore, or let us, because of all what Christ has done for us as his people, therefore, persevere, keep going. And he does that in the last half of chapter 10 with a warning to them to not sin deliberately and an encouragement to keep going. See, for the people who, the the believers who have received this letter, who are God's people, they're reminded in Hebrews 4 that they can approach God's throne, that the believers have a special access to God's throne room. And it's almost as if the believers don't want access to the throne room anymore. It's almost as like someone who is royalty, not wanting to have access to the throne anymore. And in chapter 11, we have what's often called this great hall of faith. It serves as an example of faith to us. Hebrews 12, just after chapter 11, it describes them as a great cloud of witnesses. Hebrews 11 is a bit like going on a sightseeing bus in a city. Let's take London, for example. You'll get on the bus, you pay the extortionate price, you get your earphones in, maybe, and you get on the bus and go for your tour. You'll drive along the Thames and say, if you look to your right-hand side, you will see a large waterway, a place for bringing supplies into London in bygone years. The river which hosts the famous boat race between Oxford and Cambridge is not all fun and, fun and games, though, full of rats and deadly diseases in the 15th century. And then you drive along to St. Paul's Cathedral, completed in 1697. Sir Christopher Wren designed it. The Tower of London, home of uh, the crown jewels, beef eaters and ravens. There's a myth that says if ravens leave, England will fall. And along the wall, you see those spikes? They were reserved for the heads of the most heinous criminals. And then Buckingham Palace, the residence of the Queen, the famous balcony for many a wedding picture. You get driven around all these wonderful sites, getting a highlight and a snippet of what's going on in those important buildings, the history behind it. And this is what Hebrews 11 is like. We're looking at different characters. We're stopping We're getting off, we're having a look of their faith, and then we're going on again. It's history. It's going through the Old Testament saying, stopping, looking, learning, 
being encouraged to keep going in the faith, encouragement to keep walking in our faith. It's looking at the portraits of the wee plaque and learning the stories behind them. So throughout Hebrews 11, we see these characters. We find examples of people who have persevered in their faith. The saints of God must have faith to inherit the promises of God. It is faith which is going to be described for us in chapter 11. But in Hebrews 10, verse 38, there's a quote from Habakkuk. But my righteous one will live by faith. Let us show you over the next number of weeks what it is to live by faith. Firstly, tonight, I want to share with you what is faith, very simply. What is faith? Because it's a word that gets brushed about very often in church or in youth events and so on. People might say that they've come to faith or they're really struggling in their faith. And the idea of faith is an important one. It's repeated very often in the New Testament, 242 times, actually. God speaks about faith over and over and over again. Christians in the New Testament are people who had faith. They are believers, literally. Those who had faith are faithers. The believers and faith are basically the same word. Faith is absolutely crucial for us. It is vital. Without faith, there would be no salvation. In Ephesians 2, Paul writes, For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, but a gift from God. Faith is the very instrument that God uses to save us. Faith is confessing Jesus Christ. But we need to know more about faith in the Christian life. So if you look down at verse 1 in Hebrews chapter 11, we're given a helpful but not comprehensive statement or description about faith. Faith is being sure, firstly, of what we hope for. Being sure of what we hope for. In this passage, the writer is telling us that there is this crucial relationship between faith and our guarantee of God's promises to us. The rewards that the Lord has promised to us, which we haven't received just yet, faith assures us of those things hoped for. Like what we just sang about looking forward when the race is finished. Faith guarantees us that that is going to happen. The very word that the writer uses in this passage for assurance is one that is used for like deeds in a house. And the, the title page of the deed that it is promised to you, it is yours. And that's what God is saying to us. We have the deeds. We just have to wait to get into there. Faith is the instrument where God uses our salvation and all the promises that go along with our salvation. Faith is being sure, being guaranteed of what we hope for in the future. It gives us an actual reality to what we know is coming. Faith, knowing what lies ahead, enables us to live life properly. Faith, knowing what's coming, allows us to really take comfort in that we know our inheritance is in Jesus. So in all of our life, we can keep going because of Jesus, because we know what we hope for. We do not fully experience all the blessings of the gospel. We all 
won't enjoy the freedom to not sin. We will not enjoy the, the freedom from the Satan, the evil one, until we are in God's kingdom. We can keep going because of Jesus. Our faith gives us a present reality and hope because of that future. This sure hope that we have helps us to stand firm and obey God in the face of trial in the face of temptation because we know that his promises will be fulfilled. A commentator writes this, faith gives the object hoped for at a future period. Okay, so faith and eternity, it gives it a present reality and power in the soul as if we already own it. For the believer is satisfied with its security and acts under the full persuasion that God will not fail. Faith is living, although we already have eternity in the bank. That's exactly what faith is. We hope for it. We long for it. It is already ours in Jesus. But do we live like that? What do we hope for? We hope for Jesus coming back to judge and to reign our resurrection and our glorification to have sinless, fully restored bodies. That is what it means to live for faith. But is that reflected in our lives? Faith is being sure of what we hope for in Jesus. So faith is being sure of what we hope for and, last part of verse 1, certain of what we do not see. Our faith allows us to see things that we can't see. Faith is evidence of things not seen. Faith is proof that we are guaranteed to be God's people. So what, what does that maybe clumsy maybe mean actually? Well, for the unbelievers, the invisible, the spiritual, the future things that is revealed in God's word, for the unbeliever, those things are questionable, dubious, and doubtful. But for the believer, the invisible God is visible, or the unseen God is seen. The unbeliever prefers to trust what the majority say, will trust anything that science can demonstrate. They will question spiritual matters, will object to the notion of God and his rescue and injustice. But for the believer, the Holy Spirit has opened the heart and the eyes. The heart is renewed. The unbelief in us is broken. So for the believer, faith means, well, if God said it, it must be true. For the believer, faith means that God's word is our foundation. God's word is our foundation. It's God's word that we use to build a picture of the world. It's God's word that tells us what is right and what is wrong. It's God's word that sets the sexual standards, not anything else. It's not as if our faith is some sort of blind leap into the darkness. It's not based on hope, some sort of vague hope. It is based on the very word of God. And there is evidence to it. We'll work through Hebrews 11 and refer to God's work throughout history, illustrating faith for us. We will see, we know in the start of Luke, the evidence that was put into that so that we may know that it is true. 
The foundation of our faith is God's word. For this group of believers who are maybe wavering in their faith, who have maybe seen church members give up on the faith, I've seen church members be executed for their faith. The writer of Hebrews doesn't tell them to go look for new experiences. The writer of Hebrews tells them to look to God's word. He calls them all the way back, not to something new, but to something old, to God's word. Faith is not believing in things like unicorns or leprechauns or dragons. That is more wishful thinking, especially for so many of our young girls walking about with their unicorn t-shirts. The Christian faith is believing things for which there is evidence. God's word and, as the previous nine or so chapters tell us, Jesus Christ himself. But does ask you a question tonight. Does your faith reflect the hope and certainty? Does your faith reflect hope and certainty? These heroes of the faith, as we go through them each week by week, they have all one thing in common. They have their trust in God, in his word. Despite their trials, their sufferings, their difficult scenarios, they had faith in God. They trusted God. They were dependent on God's word. Many people profess to be Christians, but they are not. Many say they believe, yet what influence does their hopes in Christ have over their life? Is your faith, the hope and certainty of it, purely just to give the right answers whenever someone asks you or we ask you? Or has faith truly penetrated the truths of those promises of God, truly penetrated your heart and your life? Does your faith in Jesus really display that you are living in the light? For the believers tonight, you understand that you are saved in Christ alone and faith alone. But do you understand faith in your everyday life? What that looks like? In what ways can you show us that you trust God? In what ways do you trust God because of your faith? Does your faith really rest on God's promises to you in his word? Do our lives really reflect our faith? Because we understand that if we are not God's people, God will judge us. Yet we flippantly sin often. We take no consideration for what God's word says. Our faith and our lives need to match up in that sense. So, what is faith? Well, faith is, verse 1, being sure of what we hope for, being sure of eternity. Our eyes being opened to God's word. See, for the Old Testament saints, that we read about, it wasn't their righteousness that earned their salvation, it wasn't their sacrifices, but very briefly and importantly tonight, our second point tonight is, faith was always the way. Faith was always the way. Whenever I, a couple of summers ago, was on Board Mills Church, and there was an old man, and he's well into his 90s, and he's still alive, which is great, but he was like the church grandfather, is the only way to describe him, because he always had these stories. And they started with either back in my day, or whenever I was your age, or 
something along those lines, okay? So back when I was your age, we used to have to walk to church with a horse and cart. We'd have had to walk down as a family. No cars on the road, yeah? You, you can all imagine it. Or as this boy says, that wants to say, apple and blackberry were fruits back in my day, not phones. I think blackberry is probably just a fruit now as well. But it's back in my day. And sometimes we think as the Old Testament as back in the day it was different, completely different. Hebrews tells us, well, back in the Old Testament, it was still faith. For those struggling with their faith, the writer of Hebrews spent page and page and page reminding them of what Christ has done. They've heard it and they've seen it as well. But what is amazing for these list of heroes of faith in the Old Testament, they continue to have faith in God even though they didn't receive God's promises in their lifetime. Abraham was promised a a people and a, a place. David, an everlasting throne. They didn't see it. But they didn't abandon their trust in God. Even though some around them might have described them as nuts, Some around them might have described their trust or their faith as misguided and foolish because they didn't even get what they were promised. These listeners, us, what position are we in? We can have faith. We can have faith because the Old Testament saints had faith. For they only had God's word to look at, the promises of Messiah. But we ourselves truly can look to Jesus. Hebrews 12, verse 2 or 3 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus. After giving this huge list, fix your eyes on him. We can do that. We can trust the promises of eternity because we know the Messiah, the Christ that was promised, has already come. And God's word will never fail us. So as the Old Testament saints live by faith in God's word, we too can live our lives by faith Trusting in God's word just as they did long ago. The Old Testament saints could live by faith before seeing Jesus. Before seeing him in much detail. So how much more can we who have experienced Christ continue in our faith? And finally, tonight, faith means that God's word is our foundation. God's Faith means God's word is our foundation. Therefore, faith gives understanding. Verse 3, we come to the first by faith. So over the next week, read Hebrews 11 and count for me how many times the phrase by faith is used. So we're going to look at them, a lot of them over the next few weeks. But although we look at the Old Testament saints over these next weeks, the first by faith is not the Old Testament saints. Do you see it there? Verse 3, by faith we, us. So by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So by faith, we believe in God's creation as recorded in Genesis 1. And that's where we turn to now. If you want to flick uh, to Genesis 1, that should be easy enough to flick to. And by faith, we understand that all things were created by, firstly, God's command. It's up there already. And if you notice, as we read Genesis 1, we read the the whole account for the the six days, you'll see a repeated phrase used in in verse 3, and God said, verse 6, 
and God said. Verse 9, and God said. Verse 11, then God said. Uh, I can't read that. Verse 14, I think it is. Verse 20, verse 23. And God said. Verse 29, then God said. The repeated phrase throughout is, and God said. God's only tool in his creation was his word. That is it. In creating everything through his word, God shaped everything. God shaped each cell and and atom, the sun, the moon, the stars. Everything was carefully put together. Everything was so carefully put together. The universe has just the right gravitational force. If it was larger, it would be sucked up into the sun. If it was weaker, it would be cast off into the abyss and the cold. The speed of light is just right. It's just the right temperature or distance uh, between the planets or as they crash into each other. Water is the, the perfect polarity. Oh, sorry, a bit technical, but if we were any different, it would be not sustained life for us. All created by God's command, by God's words. So by faith we understand creation by God's word. We understand that God commanded creation into being, secondly, out of nothing. God created the world out of nothing. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the earth was formless and empty. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This tells us you know, that God didn't use anything, no material to create the earth. The Hebrew word, bara kareth, is specific. It means out of, to create something out of nothing. So God is shown to be creating the whole world out of nothing. Not even out of himself, but out of nothing. Just his words. Men, women, children, we can't create in the same sense that God creates. We can only fashion something out of existing material. It's so like when you get your Lego kit at Christmas, you try to, try to build it up, but all the bricks are there. And it doesn't look anything like it should in the front of the box. Or when you get your piece of Ikea furniture, you know what it should look like, but there's always something missing. We can only do what we have. God created the world out of nothing. Or for the scientists among us, the Latin or ex nihilo is just out of nothing. That's the one, the phrase that is used in debates. But science suggests that everything was made from something. Christians confess that Everything was made from nothing. Science does not know where something came from. Christians profess that God used nothing to make everything. It is right to believe that God created everything out of nothing. It is right for us to believe that. Why? Well, it's in God's word. One of the things many of our younger folk face at school and some of the teachers among us is to having to teach the, the Big Bang Theory, for example, and that is a very healthy debate often in classrooms. It's taught more as truth rather than a theory. The reason Christianity, Christians do not accept the Big Bang Theory is because God created everything out of nothing. Hundreds of years ago, scientists had thought that there was no beginning, but in time, they came to the conclusion that, well, yes, there must have been a beginning. Hence their discovery eventually of the Big Bang. And of course, there are scientists that reject the Big Bang and acknowledge that God and vice versa. But by faith, we 
trust God's word. Therefore, we believe that God created out of nothing. The Bible is not a science textbook, but it reveals the God of science. The God who created science. And thirdly, for this subpoint, by faith, we understand uh, that God is the origin of life. God is the origin of life. Did life happen just by accident or have we evolved over millions of years as humans? Well, no. Verse 26 and 27 of Genesis 1, uh, God is the creator and origin of human life. So God created man in his own image and the image of God he created them, male and female. You know, whenever you watch maybe a nature program on TV, maybe an Attenborough documentary, it very quickly becomes apparent that the documentary comes from a very different view from ours. You not be listening or watching for very long until they mention the Big Bang or that this creature evolved from the kangaroo eight billion years ago or whatever it is. But we read in chapter one of Genesis very clearly that the origin of life is in God. It is not an explosion like the Big Bang Theory. Everything was condensed into a point and exploded. It's not as if like J.K. Rowling got, you know, the magnet alphabet letters. She bought loads of them, chucked them out of the top window, and they created all her books for her. That's not what happened. What happened is that God gave the command out of nothing to give us, the or- give us life. He is the very origin of life. Just as a book needs an author, the world needs a creator. By God's command, out of nothing came life. Life was given to us by God. That is why, as we'll see maybe next week, God was upset with Cain because he took Abel's life. God gives life to us in Genesis 1. But ultimately, we know as people who believe in Jesus and his word, that God gives us life in his Son, by faith we understand not only creation but we understand that Jesus has died for us he resurrected for us so we can have these great promises of God of an eternity of a promised land to look forward to because finally by faith we understand that creation is or has an intelligent design most scientific research if not all of it will often point to everything around us And it'll say, evolution or Big Bang, a little bit of both. They do not see an intelligent designer putting it all together. The idea of there being another force outside the universe is absurd and ridiculed. But we see very clearly in Genesis 1-1, God created. And we see as God, we work through the days, the thought that goes into it, the birds the fish, the animals, the people. It was only an intelligent designer who could create just the right universe, not just chance, but the perfect place for the earth amongst all the solar system. God created, he knows, and he sustains his creation. Everything was created by his commands. Some scientists will often act certain of the knowledge of their research, certain of the knowledge that they know where the universe came from. But they keep making more and more discoveries, so 
Actually, the more they know, the less they know. But often, they are proud and arrogant. They don't really appreciate how little they know. Yes, science helps us understand how the world operates, but I cannot draw the conclusion that is logically impossible of how the earth was created. So by faith, we understand creation, very briefly tonight, by God's command, out of nothing, that God has the origin of life and it has an intelligent design. The author of Hebrews wants to explain how the faith works for the Christian. And he begins in verse 3 really saying that faith, it frames the whole way we look at the world. Faith frames the whole way we look at the world, even creation and its origin. By faith, we believe God created the world. None of us can get back in a time machine, or at least just not yet, to go back to the beginning and see with our own eyes. But God has told us by his word and by faith we know it to be true. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge as your people sitting here this evening that we are people who do not often live by faith. Our lives certainly don't reflect that we have faith in your son Jesus. For we sin without fear. Our language is not seasoned with salt, but it is laden with venom. And Father, we ask for your forgiveness whenever we do forget about your word, where we ignore your promises. And Father, help us by your spirit to trust in your word, for your word is truth. Help us to learn your word. Help us to apply it to our hearts. Help us to trust it with all that we have so that we can truly live by faith in every part of our life. And Heavenly Father, we do pray for those uh, whose faith seem to be fading, our loved ones, our children, who maybe once profess faith, yet their lives do not reflect that. Father, we pray that you would be calling them back to you that they would read your word, that they would be reminded of what Christ has done for his people. And Father, we do pray for those who maybe have, whose faith has faded, yet they have returned to you. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to them. And Father, we ask that you would continue to build up their faith at this time. And Father, we do pray for our own individual faith. But through this series, through Esther, our faith would be, would be being built up in your son, Jesus. May we be like the, the, the listeners of Hebrews and continue to fix our eyes on Jesus, looking to the encouragement in your word and the warnings within it, so that we walk by faith and not by sight, 
So, Father, as we end our time of worship this evening, we pray that as we live this week, our lives, every step that we take, we will be reminded of the promises we have in your word through your son, Jesus, who saves us by faith. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.